0: Jesus House, in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House, London. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen, Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We give you all the praise and glory as we share your word. Father, do what it says will be done. Let our minds be illuminated. Let our hearts be, let's be encouraged in our hearts. Let hope rise, let faith rise. Let yokes be destroyed, burdens lifted. Let direction come, Heavenly Father, and more. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. I want to appreciate Badge for sharing um, the word last, last Sunday. Go on, appreciate Pastor Badge. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we, we, go, we, go, we just continue um, with our teaching on the Holy Spirit. And today I want to talk a bit about the work of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I will start today, but I will finish it off um, um, uh, by God's grace next week Sunday. Um, You know, the more I stay in this, the more I I read about this, prepare for this, um, listen um, to to those who speak into my life um, around the Holy Spirit, the, the more determined I am that we as a people, we must understand how important He is and how important a relationship with Him is. It's interesting that you realize how important he is, but you also realize how, as a whole, the body of Christ hasn't grasped this truth and is not walking in this truth. The truth is that we are not designed to live life without the Spirit of God. If you go back to the beginning... It telegraphs God's intention. You know the story in Genesis. He creates the heavens and the earth. You know, and it's a beautiful story of creation where he speaks all that we see into being. The, the, the sea, the animals, the vegetation, the galaxies, the stars, the moon, um, the, everything he creates. And then in verse, verse 26... To 28 of chapter 1, he now makes clear what his real intention was. All these were the supporting acts, all these wonderful things that we see. The the massive planets, galaxies, stars, you know, the animals that were created, the fishes, all that was just to support the the his, his his the main thing. And what was the main thing? Let us make man in our image, and in our likeness. And then he goes ahead to do just that. Male and female, he makes them. And then he gives them dominion, which is really just responsibility uh, for all that he has created. And then in the second um, chapter, the Bible gives us a bit of a breakdown of that process of creation. In the seventh verse of the second chapter, uh, the Bible tells us that he formed man from the dust of the earth. Yeah? So this whole thing is dust. That's why racism is insanity. It is the height of foolishness. How can your issue with me be because of the suit I'm wearing? I mean, if I go around quarreling with people because they are wearing a white suit or a black suit how many know that they should lock me up because my issue is with the suit and that's really when you boil down racism that's what it's about it's a it's it's the, the person's issue is with the suit the suit is black you have an issue the suit is yellow you have an issue the suit is white you have an issue it's just a suit and And it's the worst kind of suit. It's not even as good as the suits that you're wearing. This is a dirt suit. It was formed from dirt and would have remained that. But then the Bible tells us in that same verse, and God now put his breath into the suit that had no life. And the Bible tells us it suddenly became a living thing. And two things happened. The suit came alive because of the breath of God, and a soul was formed by that connection between the breath of God and the suit. A soul was formed. Emotions, a person's will, and a person's intellect suddenly formed. And also, secondly, The person's spirit came alive. But that's distinct from the breath of the Spirit of God that was put in a person. And you know the Bible makes that very clear. The Bible says in Romans the 8th chapter and the 16th verse, The Spirit, that's the Spirit of God himself, bears witness with our spirit. One is the capital S telling us is the spirit of God, one is the small s, telling us is the spirit of man. So this is how man was supposed to live. And man did live like that. Um, and you know the process as well as to how he formed woman. It's not a myth. Uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not some story. Um, out of man, he formed woman. So the same thing that happened to man, basically, in, split, in forming woman, the same thing was in the woman. And he forms the woman out of the man. And I'm I'm, I'm always quick to say that that does not make the man the boss of the woman. The Bible might say the man is the head of the woman. What What the Bible means is that the man is head as Christ was head. And that's a servant headship. So guys, we serve our wives. The best husbands are the men who know how to serve their wives. And it's not servant as in slave, no. It's servant as in, as in allowing God to use you to bring out the best in her so that she can help you because it's the extent to which you serve her. Don't forget she came to you because God looked at you and knew you can't do it. It was God who looked at man and said, Uh, This is not good. It's not good for him to be alone. He does not have the capacity within himself on his own to achieve the objective. So let me find a helper. When they bring a helper, it should tell you, that's why, guys, we need to be humble. She came because you couldn't do it. God brought her to help you do it. So just respect yourself, you know. I mean, just be humble. God brought her because you needed help. So, what kind of crazy guy is fighting the help? And so, but then to get her to be an effective helper, you serve her in the way that Christ serves his own wife, his own bride, the church. And as he serves us, we become more and more in his image. So, that's the way God worked it out. A servant leadership, a a headship that is not, I'm in charge, the boss has arrived. But a headship that says, I serve you. I want the best of you. I'm watching out for you. I'm praying for you. I'm working with you. And it also has some sort of self-interest because if I do it well, then you can help me well. Amen? And, and, and so that was how God intended that it should be. Is that this man, a woman that he had created, male and female, who now had a soul an intellect, a will, and an emotion, and a spirit in a bodysuit. Well, whatever color the suit was didn't matter because the real person wasn't the suit. The real person was the soul of man. That's why the soul of man never dies. When we die, our soul goes somewhere. And of course, our prayers that our soul will go to an eternity with God. And that's guaranteed by our relationship with Christ. And this is how God intended it to work, guys. So his spirit was there, and his spirit would tell the spirit of man what man should do. Man's spirit would tell his soul what his soul should do, and his soul would pick the body up and go and do it. And it worked. As man named the animals, this whole process worked. Because man didn't have to think in in the way we know thinking now. Man just had to receive, discern by the Spirit of God. And so, because there was this beautiful connection, nothing had broken down. If an animal came... The man didn't have to open an encyclopedia or or Google it or, you know, whatever it is, look for some search engine. No, there was such a beautiful synergy that hadn't been disrupted. So the spirit of God would pass it to the spirit of man. The spirit of man would pass it to the soul of man. And man would then pronounce that this is a lion. And whatever man called it was exactly what God wanted it to be because man and God were working in such an amazing synergy. And that's how we we're we are supposed to live our lives. That's how God intended it to be. This was how God could trust man with responsibility for the earth. God, this is how God could sit in the headquarters in heaven and ask man to colonize a place on his behalf. And in doing that, he knew that man would make that colony, that place, earth, exactly like heaven. Because whatever man was getting was being downloaded from heaven. That's how we're supposed to live. And it worked for a while. Until, of course, you know what happened in Genesis, the third chapter. The enemy came and thought, I have to destroy this. And he lured the woman who encouraged Haman to disobey God and rebel against God. And it's interesting when you read that account as to exactly what happened in that rebellion. And I, I want us to go there just so we understand. And, 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 and we might not do much else, but let's, let's at least do that. Genesis 3, verses 2 and 3. The, 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 and the woman said to the serpent, this is what God said. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Maybe for another day. That's not exactly what God told her. God said, you shall not eat it. There was no, nothing about touching it. And, you know, that's a lesson for us. Let's, let's read the Bible understand the Word of God so that we live by the Word correctly. Yeah? Have you you heard people say that it's in the Bible that money is the root of all evil? Have you heard that before? Have you heard that? Yeah. I'm I'm sure you know that's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. There's nothing like that in the Bible. But people quote all these things. How can money be the root of all, all evil? I mean, we have to pay for this. How can that be evil? We've got to buy these cameras that cost a fortune. You've got to send your children to school if there are any fee-paying school. You certainly have to pay a mortgage and need that, live in a place. How can all that be evil? But when we don't know the Word of God, when we, we fall into the, what, what Eve fell into. God never said, don't touch it. God said, don't eat it from the tree. So, just so you know, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Yeah? The love of money. Greed. The idolatry that comes from materialism. That's what's evil. But not money in itself. Under your control. So, she she says, God said we, we will die if we eat of it. And then what does Satan say to her? He says, for God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil, blessing and calamity. Now, on the surface, that seems okay. Not that I okay Satan, but what's the, what's the big issue there? Well, read it again. What is Satan saying? You can get... God does not want you to get to a place where you don't need him. God is trying to trap you, not release you. You can get freedom. Does that sound familiar with today? Why do you need boundaries? What kind of God would see a fruit that is so appealing? Don't you see how appealing this fruit is? Why would God put boundaries? Throw off God's yoke. The truth is that he doesn't want you to get to a certain place. Where you can know yourself. And why don't you want to know yourself? Don't you want to have knowledge like him? And when they bought the lie, she ate the fruit and she gave the fruit to the man, her husband, our parents, and they, they literally ate us out of our inheritance. Literally. Because what he was saying to them is that if you know you don't need God, knowledge becomes your God. Knowledge becomes your guide. And doesn't that remind you a lot about the world today? Knowledge becomes it. So much so that a lot of Christians are embarrassed to talk about their Christianity. Because knowledge tells them this is foolish. Doesn't sound intelligent. Speaking in tongues. Come on. You want to be the professor? You want to be the head teacher? You want to be promoted to president of the investment bank? They, they mustn't know you speak in tongues. No. Because knowledge has become a god. God. They mustn't know you believe in bodiless persons, spirits, demons. No. It just doesn't fit in with the environment. It doesn't sound intelligent. It says, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. This wasn't how God intended us to live. But because they had succumbed, they'd rebelled. They'd agreed with Satan that we don't need this lovely synergy where God is telling us everything to do. I remember when I was trying to minister to my father about Christ, a highly intellectual man, a professor, professor in insurance law, He's written, I don't know, 30 books or so, really in, in, intelligent man. And he just could not understand how a son who he had sent to the best schools was now telling him that he wants to do live his life not using the knowledge that he gained the brain that he had without saying its subject to he just couldn't compute that he says so why did god give you a brain I said, so I can use it, but use it subject to him, controlled by him, led by him. He just couldn't understand it. Because in his case now, knowledge had been elevated to the level of a God. And it was was not subjugated. To the spirit in the way that God intended it to be. Of course, we want to be intelligent. I was reading a book by C.S. Lewis, one of the most intelligent men that has ever existed, professor at Oxford, professor of medieval English or something like that at Cambridge. Written so many books. The Chronicles of Narnia has sold 100 million copies and, and selling. Died in 1963. His work is still influencing us today. My, one of my all-time favorite books, the Screwtape Letters, he wrote. As in, intelligent as they come, but his intelligence, when, once he met Christ, submitted to the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God can use it how he wants. It's not in rebellion to the Spirit of God. And so the eyes of both of them were open. They knew they were naked, and, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. So what happened? When, this, when man sinned, the Spirit of God that could no longer live in a rebellious body, in a body that was polluted, how can we expect God to do that? in a body that had yielded to sin, in a body that had submitted to the idolatry of worshipping other things, including knowledge. In, the Spirit of God had no choice but to withdraw. And since it is the Spirit of God that gave life to, to man, when the Spirit of God withdrew, and is called the Spirit of life, in the Bible, when it withdrew, man died. But someone will say to me, but that's not technically correct because Adam lived to 900 plus years after. But that's because we don't understand what true life is. True life is not walking around, breathing, eating, sleeping, pooping, and doing whatever else we do. Real life is that the Spirit of God has taken residence in our, in our bodies, in our hearts, and controls us. So there are a lot of people who are walking around intelligent, full of knowledge, but dead. Because the Spirit of God is not in them. And so when that happened, man could no longer be guided by the Spirit of God. So man had to take over the reins of his life himself. He started to be guided by his senses. What I see, what I smell, what I touch, what I know, starts to guide. And the calamitous mistakes of our lives are because we're trying to live in a world that was created by God without the God who created it guiding and ordering our footsteps. And so, how won't we go from accident to accident? How won't we hurt each other, wound each other? How won't it be destruction to destruction, disaster to disaster, pain to pain, darkness? Because we're trying to figure it out ourselves and we are not wired to do so. In the beginning, the system was that the Spirit of God would speak to our spirits. Our spirits would speak to our souls. Our souls would take our bodies and make the right decision, head in the right direction. And so in that scripture, you see the result. So man figures that he's naked. But because he's now reduced to the level of his natural senses, he thinks it's a physical nakedness. He doesn't understand that this is a physical representation of something spiritual. That you're now exposed and vulnerable in in the spiritual realm. Your life is exposed. So what does he do? Within the limits of his natural senses, the knowledge he has, he says, why don't we try and cover our nakedness? And so he gets some fig, fig leaves together, makes it into a covering, and puts it around himself. And he thinks that he's covered. And that's what happens when there's a life without God. If not, why would anybody not want an eternity with God? Because knowledge has told the person that there's nothing after death. It's going to be a lot of shocks when people wake up in certain places that were not designed for them. So knowledge takes over. So, a young boy wants to choose a wife. I had a young boy sitting in my house um, a few days ago, part of leadership of a church, that um, wonderful church called The Storehouse that um, we provide a covering for um, in Lagos. So, the young boy came in, part of the leadership team, and came and sat in our house. And he wants to get married. And he was saying to me, he says, so, P.I., you know, what's the best way to marry? You know? He's 31, a bit of pressure on him, and he's also at the age where he just wants to get married. He said, what's the best way? I said, well, there are two ways. I said, you can, first way is that you can do a good job figuring, figuring it out yourself. Yeah, You meet her, you're 31, maybe she's 29. You don't know anything about her. You don't know what has shaped her. You don't know what has formed her. You don't know what irks her, what pleases her. You don't know what kind of family she came from. You don't know how the dysfunctions in that family might have shaped her. And not that that's stopping you from marrying her, but at least if you had some knowledge, you can know how to act, how to pray. I said, you know nothing about her. I said, what do you know about her? You know what she told you while you guys were eating can- a candlelit dinner, at Sagito's, the latest latest restaurant in town. And she dressed her best, by the way, for you. And you also dressed your best. You put your best foot forward. She told you only what she wanted you to know. So the truth is that you're marrying a, a stranger. That is like investing in a company that you don't have any information about. It's an accident waiting to happen. I said you can do it that way. Or you can do it also by looking at her. She's got the right figure. Oh my so pa, pa 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 right figure. Mm-mm. mm Her hair is long. How you like long hair? Oh, it could be the other way. He's got a six-pack, hmm. and he's so eloquent when he speaks. Hmm. Speaks. Hmm. Doesn't say things like "house" when he means "house," or "home" when he means "home." No, 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 no. It's the reason he speaks. And you could use your senses. comes from a good family. Have you seen the father? Oh, have you seen how he treats the mother when they're out? You don't know that the father is beating the living daylights out of her. She's biting him. They're cursing each other. But when they come out to what your senses see, they're together. And they have dosh. Unknown to you, all the banks are writing him saying all the money you owe... We are going to repossess. But you don't know. So you can use your senses and make the daftest decision. She's spiritual. Why? She's the first in church, the last to leave. She sings all the right songs. I was at the fellowship with her. Not only does she sing, she raises her hands in the right manner. So you make a silly decision. Because you're using your senses. Or I said to him, "You can do what, or you can do the second thing, what I did." I said, "God, I can't choose a wife myself. It's going to be a complete disaster. My first wife, you chose for me. She's going to be with you. Where am I going to find a wife?" My, my case was actually quite interesting. Can you imagine service finishes and the pastor who is now single comes up to you and says, Hi, what, what's your name? And you say, and you say it's Philo- Philomena. And he says, he says Hi, Philomena. Um, pastor wants to take you out to dinner. How many know that before Philomena and pastor finish it in, it's viral? PAIs. Or oh, pastor wants to take you to see a movie. As we sit in the movie and I slide into my seat, some WhatsApp, I saw PAI. Who is he with? I don't know her. What does she look like? She's smallish and light skinned. I'll take a picture when they go out to get some hot dogs and send it to you. Take the picture. It's Philo. Pastor is with Philo. So what did, what did I do? I just said, God, you've got to tell me. You know the future. You know me. You know your plans for me. I'm not going to walk with my senses. You just tell me who you want me to marry. Whoever you say, that's who I'm marrying. So I'm brushing my teeth one day, and God says to me, Okay, since you asked, by the way, it's Shola. I said, No, it's not. She's my daughter. He says, Why did you ask me? That's who you marry. I said, I don't feel attracted to her. He said to me, that's not your problem. I turn the hearts of kings like streams. I can deal with your heart. Obey me. So I said, okay, God, it's a disaster if a man marries a wife he's not attracted to. Accident waiting to happen, but I'll obey you. So I called Shola and told her, God said I should marry you. It's it's a true story. She fell on the floor and started wailing. Literally, I don't mean that it's a metaphor. She was wailing and crying. And I thought, wow, Aguiruku, this is the state of your life. You propose to someone, she's crying now. I mean, that's how bad things are for you. Of course, she told me later that the reason she was crying was she just thought, no, 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 it's a bit too much for me. Please, you're my pastor, you're my father. Please, just stay in that, stay there. And that's why she was crying. I mean, what kind of thing is this? Six weeks later, she walks into the office, and I look at her. I said, man, this girl is up. She's fine. (laughs) It's a true story, I'm telling you. Can Can I be open with you? I said, I like the way she looks. And then somebody said something to her, and she laughed. Oh, my days. I thought her laughter... She has been laughing all around me. I didn't see the laughter. She has been all around me. But what did God do? God opened my eyes to see her then as my wife. I could have made the decision myself. It would have been a monumental disaster. I could have used knowledge. I wasn't a young man. And prior to Christ, I had knowledge of women. I could have used that. Disaster. But what, what did I do? I went back to the original. That is not my mind, my intellect. It's not my knowledge. Neither is it my will. But God, what do you want for me? So by the grace of God, the great marriage I have, and a lot of it is, I, is, is because of her, I'm not the easiest of people to live with. I have my eccentricities, idiosyncrasies, whatever you want to call it. I'm quirky. But God brought her and gave her grace. And she has helped this marriage on. Because, Because I did it the way we live our lives. You don't take a job because it's the best offer. No. Abraham said to Lot, you choose whichever way. We, we can't stay together. So choose whichever way you're going and I'll go the other way. Lot looked up. And when he looked up, he saw the land around Sodom and Gomorrah. It was luscious. Lush. Vegetation. Verdant. Lovely to the eyes. So Lot said, this old man, he he made a mistake allowing me to choose first. He says, I'm going that way. Abraham said, that's okay. This one looks a bit dry and parched, I'll go this way. How was Lot to know that in a few months' time, sulfur would be pouring out from heaven on the area that he chose? It would become a scorched area because he chose with his senses you don't choose a job you don't choose where you live you're a child of god you don't move into an area because this is a, this is a happening area all the, yupp, all the yuppies all the all the right people are living in this area so of course we've got to live in this area it's just, just right please we've got to move to chelsea shouldn't we what a silly decision because it won't be your portion but something happens We don't live like that. We live in the original way. Blessed with intellects. Blessed with brains. Blessed with everything, but totally submitted to what the Spirit of God is saying. And the beauty is that for you and I, thousands of years after that mistake of our parents, the... Spirit of God that left, didn't have a home, went back to God. And so even for the best in the Old Testament, the Elijah's, Elisha's, Joshua's, Moses himself, the best they could have is that, as the Bible would say, the Spirit of God would come upon them and they would do something. But it would only come upon them. But then Jesus comes, why wouldn't I love Christianity? And goes and pays a price on a cross, sheds his blood, and washes the body clean. Takes away the corruption, the sin, the rebellion. And then God says, now it's clean, we can go back to our home. That's why your body is the temple of God. You might admire Elisha and Elijah and Joshua and Gideon and Samuel the prophet, but they didn't have something that you have. The Spirit of God has come back to its original residence in you and I. And so, what is left for us to deal with the amnesia of thousands of years? That's the challenge for us. Because after our original parents blew it, all the rest of our parents lived without him for thousands of years. Now he's back home. So the work now is to become reacquainted with him. But not just reacquainted, to get into a deep, intimate relationship with him. So that once more, he starts to control things. Because he sees the end from the beginning and he knows all things hallelujah we hadn't even started with what he came to do that was just the introduction next week we'll look at what he actually does in our lives how many love the holy spirit yeah just i mean that's 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 the the a picture of grace that's how we live our lives to so start to practice it. Ask, 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 talk, talk, talk. This 25 days, 28 days, Shallah and I have been saying, why didn't we go this deep? Because it lit everything, he's just guiding you, telling you. And sometimes you don't even know that he's the one doing it. But you see, every time you ask, you're telegraphing to heaven. That this is what I desire. I desire to be controlled, submitted, yielded, surrendered, led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We glorify your name. Thank you, O oh God, for your spirit. And if there's anyone out there who hasn't received jesus as their lord and savior anyone in here who hasn't received jesus as their lord and savior Uh, that's the starting process because it's by that process that you allow him to clean the home the body the temple and then his spirit comes back to take residence so we can deal with life well what a wonderful opportunity for you to do so someone says but how do i do that simple by just doing it by saying to jesus I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I accept you as the gift of salvation. I give a commitment to turning away from anything I'm doing that's sinful. And I now confess that as a result of that prayer, I'm a child of God. It's so simple. And why is it so simple? Because the hard part has been done by him. So if there's anybody who's saying, yes, I would love to do that. um, If you're in this auditorium, you can slip your hands up wherever you are. Slip your hands up. If you're out there on any of the platforms, uh, then just say that prayer. Father, I thank you. This morning I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Receive him into my life. And make a commitment that I will turn away from anything that is displeasing to you. Anything that is sinful. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for welcoming me into your family. I declare that I am a child of yours, a member of your family. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.